Meredith, at this point, do you think it would be cheaper for the WNBA to just award Lizzo a franchise instead of paying the 20 years of royalties they're going to pay for the ultimate female jog jam of Like a Girl? So, Rylan, the first jersey I ever buy you is going to be the Minnesota Juicies, and it's going to have your name on the back. Or it's going to say, From Space, maybe. Um, <laughs> Even better. That, Even better. Every track of Lizzo's, Because I Love You, is it's almost like a different homage, not in an unoriginal way. She touches on so many different talents and so much breadth that it reminds you of something and that song is like wow this is the ultimate like you're gonna hear that at sporting events forever like i'm gonna be watching espn oh the 2024 world cup well you know women's world cup it's just like the ultimate and then you go like oh here's this ultimate breakup song and the last track on the album is like this uh lingerie is like you know, Rylan and Cherie have been married for 15 years. They probably can't make eye contact during that song. It's like <laughs> the range. No, the range it's on super this album, sexy. Right, yeah. The range on this album, it's so, so many different ways. I just uh, I just appreciate it so much. <laughs> no, yeah, I love all of the different genres and types of music that she mixes in with this album. It made every song just something special. It was, it's just fun to listen to. So in the moment, I always wondered this, like, so many of these songs. I, I love Jerome. I love Because uh, I Love <laughs> yeah. You. I love Like a Girl. Do people, you guys are really into music. Meredith, you and Justin Tyler know as much about music as any people I know. Do people realize what they're making when they make it? Do they just, do they finish recording that and think, yeah, nailed it? I don't know if that's the case with everyone necessarily, but I would like to believe that is the case for Lizzo. Um, number one, she has been doing exactly what she wants to do. She's making the music exactly how she wants to make it. She's been recording and putting out, you know, smaller albums and EPs and singles, you know, for a handful of years. But the whole album, it, it flows together, even though, like you were saying, Rylan, they all sound very different different styles you've got like jock jam you've got something you want to dance to you've got you know bluesy stuff stuff. yeah Yeah. lots of bluesy soulful stuff Mm. um and i think she did because i think the the purpose isn't so much the sound i think that's secondary to like the message that she's really trying to get across and just the confidence that she has in her work i think she completed that and i think if you read any of her social media before it dropped i mean she was super excited for it to come out and she should be and that's a major theme. We're going to talk about that mostly today. What's the message here to young women? You know, how confident a unique original woman can be. But Rylan, the thing that came across to me was how effortless this seemed. To have this kind of range in every track, be entertaining and be original and sort of stand of its on its own. You're a musician, Rylan. You create music. It's got to be hard to make it complex, but make it, it just seemed like it was something she just, showed up and did and i know that's not how it works and i know this is on a major label 
But how hard is it to make something kind of profound seem so effortless? I think she writes all her lyrics, and that's the thing that I was the most impressed with, was just reading through the lyrics of all these songs, and that's the difficult part. She probably has a lot of studio people helping her do the actual music, right? That's very difficult, too, but I, you know, she's not playing all the instruments. She's not doing all that, but she's writing all these songs. Just the depth and the nuance in the songs themselves and the, and the uh, references, the pop culture references and everything else she does. She's very intelligent. I do. I think she knows music and she knows poetry and how to write a song really well. Her song craft is really great. That's what I was impressed about. And then the second thing is the videos. The videos are oh, more man, fun to me than any. Like if you watch, if you listen to Lizzo and you haven't watched the videos, you just need to stop whatever you're doing right now and go watch some Lizzo videos. Uh, they make it twice as good, at least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It just enhances it. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite uh, is probably Juice, and because uh, yeah. I love you and Juice are my probably my two favorites. Because uh, I watched them on YouTube, and you know some of these other songs that didn't have videos, I kind of like <laughs> kind of skipped through them. I was like, all right, this one doesn't have a video. I don't. I want to. I want to see the next Lizzo video. <laughs> you know, at so this good. age, at this time, I sort of forget about videos. And when when we were growing up, videos was such a like seminal part of the song, right? VH1 and MTV. And it's you got to kind of be reminded, and I think these videos are so well produced, so interesting. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, she has such stage presence. I agree. I mean, I think so. And she does something. I mean, all of her videos are unique, like the "Cause I Love You" and the black and white, and you know, the juice is very kind of like an '80s theme. Mm-hmm. You know, situation like workout video. Uh, the truth hurts video is really good too. Why men great? So they gotta be great. I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch Even when I'm crying crazy, yeah I got boy problems, that's the human in me Bling bling, then I solve them, that's the goddess in me You could've had a bad bitch, not committal Help you with your career, just a little You supposed to hold me down, but you holding me back And that's the sound, I mean I'm calling you back I'm kind of partial, that's one of my favorite songs of hers, but I think it is. She has, she has, not all musicians that are making good music are having good videos, if that makes sense. You know, they're not not going to be just as enjoyable or more enjoyable. There's just a huge likability factor about her. Oh, yeah. She is so charismatic. She is loving what she's doing. You can tell she's having so much fun. Yes. Yes. It's not a job. It's not a deadline she's having to make. She is doing exactly what she wants and she is having fun and it and it you can tell and that like, comes out yeah and like speed says the confidence is just oozing out of her pores right. it's oh absolutely just, it's ridiculous she she is so confident but it's not cocky it's not self-entitled it is pure confidence yeah. and it is it's, it's just really confidence. something to see absolutely it's so much fun yeah yeah, she she was made for the stage. Tell, yeah, I want to know her wearing like '80s aerobic attire, yeah. <laughs> and you think you think SNL sketch, which I would think undoubtedly next season she'll she'll host, and she'll oh, yeah. do that. And she they're just so, but that she won't be limited to that. Like if you see her on Kimball, you think, oh, this is her first time on network TV. She owns it. Like I would expect her to walk across the stage, take Kimball's job, and interview 
the the rest of the guests. Like she was incredible on Kimmel with her and her dancers. Like she just totally owned it. Uh, she's going to be, I don't like comparisons because it, it seems like a lot of people, but like Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott, uh, she's got those chops. I mean, she's got the word you obviously see she was so at ease playing these different little caricatures and videos. She would be hilarious. Oh yeah. And maybe even beyond that, you see, I could see her doing like Queen Latifah was in Chicago. You could see her do it like the limitations. I know. We don't know too much about her. We haven't seen a huge body of work, but I don't think it's uh, hyperbolic to say. I think she's just got a very high ceiling. I think so. And I mean, she's not a stranger. She's, I mean, she's new and coming on the scene to a lot of people this year with this album. But I mean, her first major album came out in 2016. And even before that, you know, she opened and toured and let's see, she opened, um, like for St. Paul and the Broken Bones. She did this for um, Florence and the Machine, Harmar Superstar. You know, she's not new to performing. This is something that she's just really well-versed in, you know, like she's very comfortable. And I think the comfortable of being on the stage has to do with she's very comfortable in herself. She's very confident Really love, I mean, and that comes out in her music and everything. I think that's another reason people love her so much is fake being cookie cutter and being comfortable in your own skin. And I think that's where this, she's going to just have a, a profound value on our culture for exactly what you just said. Uh, she reminds me of Janelle Monet. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's another singer that I love. And I could totally see Lizzo going into acting at some point. Um, like Janelle has doing like Janelle Monet. Oh my goodness. They, she is amazing. Them? And I can't imagine them like collaborating. Oh, yeah. And Janelle Monet is a huge Lizzo fan. I mean, there are some big music people, you know, they showed her at Coachella and she is like freaking out at the Lizzo set. I mean, just having the just, time of her life. Let's just put that out there to just the beg producers. For collaboration. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guys, whoever's producing <laughs> these people, whoever's I know you're listening this. to this That's podcast. That's so funny. Yeah, Lizzo, if you're listening, I know you probably already want to work with Janelle Monae and vice versa. So just like make it happen, please. Come on. After Janelle Monae and your weekend with Meredith in Nashville, (laughs) (laughs) so much. uh, Okay, that's a great segue to who are some people that jumped off to y'all? Like, I bet so and so loves this. I've seen a whole lot of celebrities really get on it. And I mean, even like non-musicians, Karen Kilgariff, I don't know if you guys are listeners of My Favorite Murder. She has been a huge fan, you know, even before this album came out. Tracy Ross, you've got Gabrielle Union. I mean, you've got like every celebrity out there just loving the album. Amy Schumer put um, Good As Hell as the song at the credits with I Feel Pretty. Back in 2016, and that that was the year that album came out. So it's been on a lot of people's. She's been on a lot of people's radar, I should say. I think for a while, but this album, I think, is a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah, this is going to put her in the next echelon. I don't listen to popular. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I I think a lot of people don't. I've tried to look on charts. It seems like she some of these singles are charting. Is she getting a lot of radio play? Is this something like 14 year olds and wichita kansas are listening to or is this still just sort of a you've got to sort of be like connected to a like a secondary music scene or like what's her play right now i did see that truth hurts was starting to get some radio airtime 
of the tracks on this album, some of it would just be difficult to enjoyably listen to with it being, you know, edited or bleeped out. But I did see that Truth Hurts was starting to get a lot of play. And I think most people are streaming it, but I do think, you know, it is starting to get on the radio. And the last I saw it was like number six or number four on the charts right now. I mean, that single specifically. I listened um, to I listened to a few of the songs. I, one of them was familiar from the only time I listen to the radio, which is when I'm in the car with the whole family and we're we're driving somewhere together, and uh, my wife or the girls have on the radio. Otherwise, I'm listening to our podcast um, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> just the few episodes, just yep. like on repeat. Yeah, and I can't wait to make more so that. There's more so variety. Be so my... <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I I don't know which one it was though. I wish I had written it down. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but one of them I think I'd heard on the radio before. And to your point, Meredith, the language works, but man, Lizzo, make a kids album, please. Uh, <laughs> I want my my children to have the confidence that you have, but they yeah. they can't. They're not allowed to listen to your music, girl. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't allow my kids to listen to it either. But I mean, the confidence in it, oh, yeah. that's what if I had daughters, I'd be like, yes, yeah, this is how you need to feel about yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. Uh, I mean, she plays the flute and she's, you know, well, well versed in the flute. So maybe maybe there would, would be a, a market for that children's album after all. Who knows? Well, she's just think she about. She seems it. authentic just, in this conference. Just putting it out there, since you're already listening, Lizzo. Right. Just putting it out there. I, I think we both, we've all three heard over the years, uh, a lot of folks, not just women, uh, with this sort of faux confidence that we, as we've matured, we've gotten older, we think this is a front. This is not, you know, we know self-esteem can be fake it till you make it. Uh, for her, and can really kind of listen to the lyrics of these songs. This seems like somebody's comfortable in their own sense. So a lot of times I think us growing up, uh, oh, this female is, uh, you know, liberated, whatever, but she's just talking like a man. So therefore she's liberated. I, I, I get a different feel from her. She's still feminine, but confident. Uh, she's still who she is, but she's not afraid to feel judgment from other people. I just really get an excellent kind of true authentic sort of empowerment it's, from this woman that still has values, yeah, but is not afraid to be edgy and kind of be herself. Meredith, you try to be that person uh, as well. So I know this, not just her as a person, but this album specifically sort of resonated with you on that level, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just self-confidence, but also self-respect. You know, you're respecting yourself. You don't feel like you have to look like everyone else, sound like everyone else, act like anyone else, settle for, you know, second best in dating or in life in general. And she's very unapologetic. She is who she is. She's confident in it. She loves herself for it. And it's super appealing, I think. And it's very represent, you know, it's nice to be represented. People who aren't represent, you know, minorities, women, different communities. Uh, she represents so many people and it just really resonates with I think all of us in that way it is super confident and when you hear that album and you're hearing it and you're listening and like soulmate I mean that's probably my favorite track and it's hard to narrow down on this album soulmate's my favorite but it is it's like you have to the message is truly like you have to love yourself first 
you are your own soulmate. You know, I mean, yes, we all want to find someone, but you really have to. And it just driving that point home is really, it's a great message and beat and lyrics. But I mean, the message is great. And I think more people need to hear it. I mean, like you said, so many of us are faking it till we make it. You know, there's that false confidence, women especially. She's 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 knocking it out of the park. What was well, refreshing to me was that this was the kind of confidence that it's not the it's not the kind of confidence that you say, Well, I, I'm great even though you don't think I am. I'm gonna love myself even though nobody else does or one of those kinds of like almost false confidence. It was like It's not self deprecating at no, all. No, it's like I'm amazing and you can't handle me and I'm dumping you. Yeah. It's like the it's it's just assumed that it's an assumed confidence. It's not, she doesn't have to tell you that she's confident. She is. And it no. comes out in the stories and lyrics that she, and she's not afraid to have like that roller coaster of emotions where I think a lot of people that are trying to have this facade of confidence, they would never admit uh, anything that's self deprecating. For instance, in Jerome, Jer- she's dumping a guy she's attracted to that would normally have the upper hand, but she's dumping him because his lack of maturity and she can't trust him. But she admits that she's attracted to him. And even in throughout the song, she sort of thinks, oh, I'm going to miss his beard and his hair and his. Ah. And so it's not like it's like sometimes the evil people in movies are all bad and it doesn't ring true to us because it's like no one is all bad. Right. So it's like she has painted Jerome that way. It's like, Jerome, you're not worth my time. I can't trust you. You come back when you've matured. Mm. But boy, I'm going to miss the beard. And it's like she hits all those. And that's the kind of leverage that our culture up and to a point is usually only lo- only males have had. Oh, yeah. And I mean, she's doing the thing that all of us, I mean, we've all, she's doing the smart thing. She's doing the mature thing. I mean, in that instance, you know, of being like, you're not treating me right. I'm more mature than you. I, you know, I deserve better. You can come back when you've, you've, if you, if and when you've changed, but like, no, thank you. And speaking from experience myself, uh, you know, sometimes you're just like, I'm just willing to settle for what I have. And, you know, you know that they're not good enough for you. You know that they're not treating you right. But then you're like, but he's so attractive or he's so this, rather than saying like, get out of here. Goodbye. I'm fine without you. I will miss you because you were attractive or this or that. But yeah. no, she's she's the opposite side of things. And she's like, Meh, you'll definitely miss me. You know, that's definitely having like inner strength. And I mean, I think that's really showing that, I think, to a lot of young women who need that where, you know, so many times, you know, pop songs, love songs, whatever's are about, you know, how sad they are. But, you know, they're not conveying the strong message like, yeah, of course, it's upsetting to her in this situation. Right. But she's she's exuding confidence and she is sure of her decision rather than, you know, like, I'm going to be here. Oh, come back to me. You know, like basically you can treat me however you want to. Just please, please, please come back. And of course, you know, we teach people how to treat us. And her message is completely different. I'm almost 39 years old. Since I was 13 years old, culturally, to be a nerd, to be different, and to be a white male, there have been so many examples, thanks to the internet age, of you can be whoever you want. I think it's easier to be different as a white male than it was because of Bill Gates and because of uh, 
Facebook and because of just name it, right? There's just so much nerddom in our culture. It's accepted and it's okay. It wasn't like that when I was 13 as much and now it is. And LeBron James and Jay-Z have made it easier for black males to uh, uh, branch out and be who they are and not be called an Uncle Tom and other negative things because just the bravery and the success. Who do women have? If you watch television to this day, most of it is still The Bachelor. Women who have success professionally, it's still, I, I need to be what some man wants me to be. I need to be confirmed and loved by this to, to have value. Lizzo, extremely important. I know there are other examples, but the more mainstream they get, it's not a facade. It's a, here is exactly like, to me, Jerome is a nuanced version of, yeah, I want you. Yeah, you make me feel good. No, you're not ready for me. You don't deserve me yet. And I think it's a very subtle, and I think it's very important culturally because still to this day, we talk about how women have this or that. We have not treated you guys materially better, but everybody else is moving along. So I think it's extremely important, and a lot of it comes through artists, and a lot of it comes through uh, other people kind of paving the way. Unfortunately, that's the case. And so I, I think, yeah, we're talking about music, whatever, but I think uh, culturally Lizzo can be, could be a very important figure. Yeah, I, and I think so too. And like I said earlier, I mean, she just – she represents so many different groups of people that – no offense to the two of you, but I mean, you know, Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. It's just easy for white men. If you're a woman, if you are a person of color, if you are – um, a member of the LGBTQ community, you know, if you are any sort of marginalized, you know, minority, there is nobody really out there representing you. All of those groups for women, for everyone to have just somebody who is so bold and outspoken and confident out there representing them. It's just really meaningful I think to so many people, it, it's really, it really resonates. Like finally there's somebody out there, you know, that doesn't look like a uh, Lizzo is a person, as you're saying that plays the flute and is unashamed of that and uh, wears extra pounds. Cause that's who she is. She's not ashamed of that. And, and I think that's important because there's just uh, everyone else uh, has these heroes. Everyone else in the last generation has been shown several people uh, hey, this is what you can be, and it's okay to be different. And women don't really get that voice. It seems like women are more homogenous than ever. They feel that pressure. So any sort of uh, someone they can look to, that it's like just be you and just be you know, who you are and don't be afraid to be that, and that can be profoundly talented for whatever reason. Those, uh, those women are not allowed to just be that. They're, you're just knocked down. So Lizzo is, is kind of an important figure in that way. I, I definitely agree. She's just. Um, you guys are going places that I'm just. Uh, I'm listening. You have three daughters, Charlie, so I'm going to throw it to you after no. that. I'm going to just say, what do you, what do you sort of think there? If it was lyrically appropriate for them to be listening to, I know you well, said you love the message, the of course. Maybe, yeah. yeah, the thing. Yeah. like I just want them to. I, you know, I love that she can exude the confidence that she does. Um, I'm glad. I, I don't think. You know, in the 90s, Lizzo has a platform, no matter how good she sings, uh, maybe even in the early no, 2000s. No I, I think 
I think the people that control the music industry would have lo- taken one look at her and said, eh, I mean, we got a lot of uh, skinny people that can sing. Um, I don't I, think there's a question. Yeah. I hate saying that. I hate saying that. She's an amazing uh, talent. I think if she was around in the 90s or 2000s, Meredith, and you tell me, uh, there would have been just how they treated Missy Elliott. It's like, yeah, just be a male rapper, but be a female. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. Like, yeah. The Well, the standard for, for female performers and for, you know, women artists has always been, it's not your talent necessarily. That's why you see these people who are terrible, you know, right. getting record they deals, auto-tune. but they fit, they fit a package. They are mm, looking to right. sell a package. They're not looking for an artist. They're not looking for something unique. They're looking for a product. And if someone looks exactly a certain way, you know, then they're going to pick that person over someone who is immensely talented and unique and doing their own thing and out of the box. Thankfully, I think we're moving away from a lot of that, or at least a lot of labels are, um, you know, moving way far away from that, we're getting we're getting better music. You don't have to look an exact certain way. And not just Lizzo, but I mean, there's tons of artists out there. Right. You know, you don't have to look blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, super tiny, never eating, you know, all this kind of stuff to make good music. Because nine times, like, no one really looks like that, number one. And then, I mean... It goes back into the whole, you know, messages being sent to to girls, to women. Right. You know, like you can only be popular and great if you're doing this rather than like, you know what? You don't have to look what the industry thinks you have to look like. And you don't have to play. Else. Yeah, your music. Who's playing a flute and rapping? Lizzo. <laughs> She's like playing the flute and twerking. I'm sorry. It was the 20th anniversary of Nathan, your father's favorite song. Um Back juveniles. that ass up and of Juvenile's biggest hit, and we can bleep that out. But um, <laughs> she was playing the flute and twerking to it on Instagram, and I'm not even joking. I sent that to so many people because it's one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was great. I mean, you just see something, and it's not like she's just using it as a novelty. She legit's playing the flute. I mean, she's really good, and it yeah, just she- adds something different into. Her music, you know, it's just something else unique. It's nice to know that the artists that you like are actually talented at at something, you know. Um, No. And not you see these like starched uh, everyday Disney Disney factory output kind of singers that look really nice and get auto tuned. Then you see someone who who has skills, and it makes you happy just to see that, you know. Oh yeah, she has that, and Justin Timberlake had that. You know, he, yeah, he had that stuff. And he was, he you know, he was the Disney had, guy, but. <laughs> but he had that, but, you know, and, and he's the guy that's it's really true. relevant all these years later. But he, I was going to say, he's moved outside of that, but, but yeah. what I'm saying, I mean, is there's very few of All right, people. I apologize for putting all those Disney people in a box together. Oh, no, but th- so, but you're no, right no, about no, so many no, of the I Disney people. Right. Like, Justin, mm-hmm. T- Justin Timberlake's the only guy still left standing as far as, like, an A-list type musician because he had that talent, but he got that opportunity and he sort of transcended that. So I think you make a good point. But people, part of this is culturally. I know this. I'm not overthinking this to say, you know, young boys are raised to be courageous and take chances and take risks, and young women in this country are raised to be perfect, not take any chances and not be different. It's more plays the flute. Is not afraid to be they are. I think it is. I root for her to make ten more albums this good because I think it's important for the subtle subtext to you can be 
who you are, especially among the minority community or people that don't look like everybody else. Uh, we could have another podcast of, I think, the profound impact that Jay-Z and, and LeBron have had on young uh, males of color. And I, I hope Lizzo and, and, and other folks are given the venue. I think the age we, ha- we have where, like, the big music labels, they have to find people like Lizzo now where 10 years ago they didn't care for generations to find people like this. Like you were saying, Riley just found whoever looked fit what they were looking for. But now we find these folks in other ways. We might find them on YouTube. So they have to find and cultivate these folks. Uh, and so uh, we can thank Prince for this and other people that have sort of uh, gave her a venue. But this is one of those things where I, I think Atlantic has to be sort of commended for they found her. She didn't think, hey, I can't sing a ballad. I can't do this. They developed her. Obviously, the production quality of this album and the range of it. This is where record labels make their money. They find talented people to work with her. Hmm. Uh, this uh, this album is terrific. And I think Atlantic did, from everything that I've read, did an amazing job of just giving her resources and an, and an infrastructure to just make an incredible album. So I think this is a really an important time for a record label to look and say, here's exhibit A of what we can do for you. And I mean, the, not the album alone, but um, her her tour, because every single venue, so she was play, playing smaller venues, like she played the cannery here in Nashville. Um, so she's playing smaller, you know, venues of around that size, you know, on her tour other than Coachella and everything. So the Cause I Love You tour, um, all of them went on sale at the same time on the same day, you know, 10 a.m. on a Friday or, you know, there's a pre-sale, immediate sellout, every single venue, not one venue, not this venue, not that, every venue immediately sold out. There's there's a reason for that. And that was before the album came out. Yeah. You, you know, went to that a was, concert. I did. Yeah, how did you get those tickets? That's what I want to wrap up with, Mary. Uh, you obviously were waiting for this. Two months ago, we went on a trip uh, to Florida. Justin Tyler was on business down there. We went down to, to the Panhandle for a weekend. And uh, this was two months ago, and you were like, you've got to listen to this. And there were only two singles out for her new album. You saw her two weeks ago in Nashville at Cannery. Like you said, everything was like super sold out uh, Like yeah. right after. That was one of the toughest tickets in Nashville. I was talking to people. She's coming back to the Ryman uh, in September, but just tell oh, wow. us about her live. Unbelievable. But I, I just lucked out and I had the pre-sale and I just lucked out and was able to get two tickets during the pre-sale. It didn't, I was not able to for the Ryman, but I mean, I, I will, I will take what I can get. I will take my tickets at the cannery, but it was sold out. And let me tell you, I mean, we got there, um, right as the opener was coming on, who's Taylor Parks. And so she has written tons of songs for, you know, a lot of pop artists and uh, she was fantastic on her own. I thought, and you know how it is every time you go to a show and especially a smaller venue like the cannery or Mercy Lounge, it's not always going to, even if it's a sold out show, everyone's not necessarily there when the opener, oh no, no. Oh, those people were probably there when the doors opened. Packed out, super excited. The night before was the Met Gala. And when she came on stage, she was still wearing, I don't know if you guys saw any photos of her at the Met Gala and like the bright pink, like feather coat, Mark Jacobs coat she was wearing. 
<laughs> Did either of you see this coat that she wore? No, no. Sorry. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Um, well, let me tell you. Well, number one on her Instagram, she was like, I'm definitely wearing, she wore all through the airport on her flight here. <laughs> and she was wearing that on stage when she first came out um, with like a, cow- like a silver cowboy hat. I'm telling you what electric energy i mean she was having so much fun everyone in there knew every word it was a super sweaty super fun time and she was just having the time of her life bb rexa i don't even care for her but she was there and like came on stage with her during tempo i mean she didn't sing, and thank goodness, because she would have been no substitute for Missy Elliott. But I, I just can't even. Mary came with me, Nathan, you know, Mary Reynolds. Yeah. And um, she was so excited to come, too. And um, I'm telling you, I would say one of the best shows I've been to in a really long time. Probably my favorite of the year. I did see Anderson Pack on Friday, who was incredible. But I would say Lizzo's still topping it. It was just unbelievable. Her voice gorgeous flute playing amazing i mean her stage presence and she's just having fun you know she is just having fun and she just is so gracious so grateful we just all lost our minds just lost it it was we've all the best we've all been to a bunch of shows we've all been to music festivals we've been to a bunch together there is nothing better than a small venue where every single person in there is just psyched to see that person especially oh, yeah. if they're kind of early on you know they're going to be an a-lister and i'm oh, and every, sure yeah. everyone I'm could not sure, believe their own good fortune to be there you oh, know yeah, it seemed like the lottery there and I, everything i heard about that is like and i'm sure it was unbelievable one of the best shows i've ever been to period but definite like favorite show that i've seen in the past couple years with the easily. music that we played tonight and with all this passionate talk about lizzo uh this is like I think Lizzo's going to have a big, bright, huge career. So if we haven't psyched you up to listen to Because I Love You, uh, the album, and listen to it over and over this summer, uh, then we haven't done our job. But I think we have. Uh, Meredith, thanks for coming on with us. You obviously have an open invitation to come on any of our podcast <laughs> episodes. Anytime. Just All the time. Literally. Oh, like, boy. Instead of us, you can just come on. Like, yeah. So. You're incredible, and Lizzo is incredible. This is by far our best episode and uh, Riley, <laughs> oh, anything to yeah, Justin, hear that, Justin, Justin Tyler. <laughs> hear is this. Justin Tyler Justin our best episode. <laughs> I never liked him anyway. No. And just Summer kidding. Love you. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> love you. <laughs> love, love you, Justin. You. <laughs> oh, man. I do want to tell you guys, I did see today. She's recorded a tiny desk at NPR, so you oh, know God, that's, that's going to be God. amazing. Anderson Pack was my favorite tiny desk until now because I feel like he's going to get edged out. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but Mine I just have John a feeling. Moreland. Did you ever see John Moreland? No, no. Yeah, he's he, he has a tiny desk. I love those tiny desks. Oh, man, a tiny desk is incredible. But man, I just her cannot wait to see her tiny be, desking it. I, I'm sure you will you and I will take just a day off work and just sit and <laughs> Well, I was supposed to go to work at 11 a.m., so I guess I should call them. Like, well, <laughs> I actually just been watching Lizzo's Tiny Desk on repeat over and over and over. All right, me and the big fella are heading home to Cleveland, and we're doing a test of uh, see kind of what kind of quality we can get. We 
just moved over to uh, like a bridge. You want to kind of see how this sounds overall. Big fella. Lizzo! Minnesota Vikings! <laughs> so I've got the uh, mic about five inches from Big Fella's face. It's kind of like a blue job. Uh, he went there, not me. So hopefully this will sound good and we will get a celebratory podcast uh, in the books uh, and it will be great. <clears throat> Who's to say? Uh, all right. Look at the field of hell.